So Pastor Harold's taking a little time with his family this week, and so I am blessed to be able to share with you today on this first day of the new year, 2023. You know, a couple of years ago, it probably seemed far away, didn't it? And we've had so much happen in the last couple of years that, I don't know, I kind of have a little bit of trepidation at the beginning of each new year. However, I remember thinking when I was a teenager that I, w- I calculated that I would be 35 when year 2000 hit, okay? Okay, we blew past that, didn't we? And I was like, well, shoot, here we are again. Um, but 2023, it seemed a little inconceivable at one point in time that that's where we are. But let's have a look at the year in review here. We've had a war going on between Russia and the Ukraine for our brothers and sisters there. We've had people dealing with long haulers of COVID-19. We've had social justice issues. We've had school shootings and random acts of violence. We've had a political hotbed. All of those topics can make you really depressed, can't they? It's not very uplifting and encouraging. But one thing I am reminded of, and this is a very big but, Jesus is still on the throne. And I want to hear an amen from all of you. Jesus is still on the throne. Hallelujah. So today I selected this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away and look New things have arrived. Isn't that what we hope for? We want to be that new creation. So I titled this message, New Year, New You. And the one thing I thought about when I, when I decided that was, how many of us have watched Jenny Craig commercials, uh, Weight Watchers, and my personal favorite, Nutrisystem, where, you know, old Marie Osmond standing here and then the new one busts through the, po- the poster with, I'm, I lost 60 something pounds, right? Or maybe the gym memberships that start showing up on repeat constantly in your commercials or uh, maybe I'm, I'm committing to drink the recommended amount of water per day. Yeah, I never get there. I, I just, I love water, but I can't, I can't do it. I, can't, I just can't. Or maybe I'm going to eat healthy this year. I'm going to cut out sweets or things that are not good for me. Oh, the best one yet, and we've all promised it, is we're going to read our Bible cover to cover. By February, I've fallen off the bus, right? I, I just, I think we want to have new beginnings. We love new beginnings. We like to think about how it would be fun, but do we actually follow through? Well, for me, I don't make resolutions very well and follow through with them. You know, we want to be the best part of who we are, but sometimes lacking the discipline to get there. So being the first Sunday of the new year, typically this is also recognized as the Wesley Covenant service, which means John Wesley believed in setting aside time at the beginning of each year to establish our covenant with God on how we were going to live. And it reminded me of something that I felt very important to who I am as a person, so maybe it will also ring true with you. 
When we choose to be members of the United Methodist Church, we say in our vows, we commit to our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. There's five things we commit to. And so with the new year, if we're making commitments, should we make them to the Lord God Almighty? So allow God to tell us how to use our prayers, to lead us in how we use our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And if this is your local church home, we hope that you remember that part of your vows when you took the membership vows of joining the church. If this is not your church home, we welcome you and hope that you will consider making it your church home. And for those that are watching virtually, I also remind you that you've also done the same, taken membership vows to be with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. So first, let's talk about prayers. You know, many of you have exceptional prayer lives. I have great respect for people who can spend hours in prayer. I am not one of those. I've tried, but I've found that I have to intersperse in my life, in my day, talking with God versus sitting down in the morning and staying there for five hours because you know what? I'll fall asleep. It happens every time. But we have a lot of ways you can participate in a prayer ministry at New Covenant that would allow you to use your gifts for the glory of God. Maybe you would be one that would be willing to pray in the prayer room during the services for the pastors, for the musicians, for the people who come through our doors. Maybe that would be your gift. Maybe you'd like to come on Wednesday afternoons to the Praying Together group who faithfully pray over the prayer requests that you turn in every week either online or in the cards in the, all the spots around the church. We take prayer very seriously. Our, the concerns that you share with us are extremely important. And we want to pray for you and pray for the things or the persons that are important to you or in weighing you down. The power of prayer is amazing. It's the very basic component of our faith, and it is our opportunity to be an intercessor to God on the behalf of those who we are praying for. It is, I can't even begin to verbalize the importance of prayer in making services happen, making uh, activities happen, making uh, all of our ministries undergirded with prayer. Now, I've told you about my spiritual grandmother, Frances. She was not my real grandmother, but she was spiritually a hero in my life because she spent hours every day in prayer. So her morning would look like this. She would get up. She would sit down with some devotional books. She always had a stack about yay high. And she would start picking through those and finding something that was speaking to her. And then she would journal. 
And then she would pray some more. And then she'd take a Bible and she would make notes in it every day throughout the year. And those Bibles went to her grandchildren. An amazing gift. Can you imagine receiving something like that from a parent or a grandparent that has marked through the Bible with their comments or their thoughts or saying that they prayed for you that day in a specific way? That's a tremendous gift. You know, I was a great beneficiary of her prayers, and I miss that. I miss that prayer presence in my life with her because it was a very deeply spiritual, a very holy time to feel the prayers of someone who truly loved me without condition, praying for me. And I've seen prayer work in some mighty ways, as all, all of you, I'm sure, have as well. It is our primary means of communicating with God and part of our vows as we commit to pray for your church. Presence is the second part of that. We commit to being present in worship predominantly, but also with events or activities or studies or groups. Presence is about the fellowship and the community of the faith of people. Presence tells us that we are part of this local expression of the United Methodist Church, but also that our church is an important part of our lives. What would it look like if nobody came to worship? It would be very weird for me to be standing here. But we experienced some of that during COVID when we had to video everything and broadcast it because it was just not safe. So we even put some pictures of people's faces on the first like five or six rows here so we'd have people's faces to connect with. But it is very hard to pray to an empty room or pray with an empty room, be present with that empty room. But we still have over 1,000 viewers every week virtually in our community and around the country and even around the world. Isn't that amazing that God is using video ministry for some amazing work? But it's still about being present, being present with your brothers and sisters. You know, a lot of us uh, may be seasonal res residents. So you may have it, this is your home here, New Covenant. And then you may have a church home when you go to another part of the country. You get double the blessing. You get double the blessing. You have two places to call home. And I think that's amazing. God wants our faithfulness to worship him in a corporate setting. He truly wants our faithfulness to live a life of worship. Now, I've mentioned this quote over and over. I'm sure y'all are probably sick of hearing it, but gosh, it's my favorite quote. I've probably used it for 20 plus years. From author and preacher Louis Giglio. And this is his comment. Worship is our response, both personal and corporate, personal and corporate, to God 
for who he is and what he has done, expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live. That's pretty plain, isn't it? We are called to live a life as an act of worship. And we are called to live both personally in worship, but also corporately in worship with each other. That is part of living a life of worship. And we have an amazing God. We have an amazing God that we worship for who he is and for what he has done. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let us worship him with that enthusiasm in our very lives. Next, I'm going to mention gifts. Now, normally we always think gifts means money. Okay, it's part of it. It is. It's part of it. We're called to be faithful in our financial giving, and I don't like to talk about money because I believe that's a personal decision between you and God. And I believe some of that is also an outpouring, a natural outpouring to God for how much he loves us. We discern how much God wants us to faithfully give. But yes, money is part of it. Our blessings far outweigh our financial gifts. We can't outgive God. You can't. You cannot outgive what God has given us. It's just impossible. I'm sure you're familiar with this scripture that says everyone should give whatever they have decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. That's 2 Corinthians 9.17. And I'm hoping that our outgoing finance chair who's sitting here in front of me and the incoming finance chair who's sitting over here to my left do not shoot me after this. But this, is, this sums up the money part, right? We give as an outpouring of our love. But what are the other gifts? The other gifts are your spiritual gifts. For some people, it is giving financially. Some people, that is their gift. For some people, it is teaching. For some people, it's intercessory prayer. The list goes on. I love this scripture from Romans 12 that says, we have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote your gift, yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no strings attached. And the leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. That pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Now, Pastor Harold would say at this point, well, he would say, Ellen, you're not a fan of Paul, which is just a true statement. <laughs> but he has some wonderful nuggets. And this is one of those wonderful nuggets about spiritual gifts that we need to listen. Where is God calling you to use your gifts? Because we all have gifts. We all have gifts, spiritual gifts. 
And God has given us each the abilities to use that to share with others for the good of the kingdom. Now, if God calls you, if God calls you outside your gifts, then expect that he will equip you to do so. You will get what you need to serve him if he has called you outside your gifts. Living proof right here, why would I be standing here preaching? No, I I couldn't do it if it wasn't for God. Now, an example is the beautiful decorations we've enjoyed at Christmas. They're beautiful. It's very, very, very special in here, magical. I don't have a gift in the world in that department. But the altar guild does. Hallelujah. Because I'm grateful because I can't do this. But the people in the altar guild can. Maybe that's a place where your spiritual gift is leading you. Spiritual gifts are so important. Just as our financial gifts, God uses them for his glory. Prayers, presents, gifts. Let's talk about service for a minute. Serving can look many different ways. Using those spiritual gifts, where are the things that you're naturally inclined to? You, you can always serve in an emissional outreach, whether it's food distribution or the pantry or the kitchen, the soup kitchen, uh, bargains and blessings, the list goes on. We have so many opportunities to serve God by serving other people. We have missions that expand outside of the U.S., including with the Zoe Project, where people are taught a trade and they're able to earn a living wage and have their own business and take care of their families. That's huge. That's huge because we're so privileged here in the U.S. with what we have. We don't always think about people in third world areas that struggle so much. These are all choices of living and working outside the church walls. Serving outside the church walls is so many, so, so many places. But maybe your calling is not to serve in one of those areas. Maybe it's inside the church walls. Maybe it's ushering, and I'm sure there will be some ushers that would be happy to sign you up before you leave. Maybe it's greeting people. Maybe it's working at the coffee bar, and I know Barb would be very happy to have more coffee bar people. Maybe it's singing in the choir. Maybe it's making calls to pray with someone. There are literally hundreds of ways you can serve inside the church walls, and that will in turn reach someone in the name of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I think this is really important to mention right now is the the mission of the United Methodist Church is exactly that. Could you put that up? The mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. It's been that for a very long time. And I don't see that changing because we have so many people to reach in the name of Jesus Christ to transform the world. Our mission is not to tell them they're doing it wrong. Our mission is not to select who gets to come to Jesus. Our mission 
is to lead them to Jesus. Lead them to Jesus, and then the world will be transformed. We have no idea what God's doing behind the scenes, and I'm probably very grateful for that. We have no idea what person God will put in our path that needs to know the love of God. Wouldn't it be really wonderful if we treated everybody with the same loving kindness? The same loving kindness of our great God that a seed might be planted that we don't know how that will bloom and flourish. We have a a wonderful opportunity to, to participate in so many ways. When I think about the ways that God has worked not only in my life, but in the lives of others, especially so many of you, to show his love for all people, I could just shout about it. That's so exciting because God has used all of you in certain ways that you may not even be aware. I remember thinking about someone, a young man I worked with many years ago when I was in corporate marketing, and he came and told me, he goes, I just really wanted you to know I've started going back to church because of you. Whoa. It kind of shocked me. But we don't know. But that was many years after I had known him for a long time. We should never take one moment for granted in the way that God can use us. In the words of our famous preacher, Harold Hendren, if you ain't dead, you ain't done. If you ain't dead, you ain't done. You've got so much more to do. And some of it's just being present. Being present. So, prayers, presence, gifts, service, and the last, but certainly not least, is witness. Because a witness is the combination of all those four. We witness by our prayers. We witness by our presence. We witness by our gifts and by our service. Our witness is supported by our actions, by our words. Our witness is supported by learning from the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that's simply enough, isn't it? Our witness stands on those four. And we are clearly called to be built in prayer, presence, gifts, service, and so goes the witness. Witness, according to the lovely people at Oxford Dictionary on Mr. Google, is defined by evidence or proof. Evidence or proof. Evidence or proof. The evidence or proof will be in us and reflected off of us to reach someone else. My point, really, in talking about all of these parts of our vows, prayer, presence, gift, service, and witness, is really to remind us that this is a new year. We all have commitments to make, but most importantly, to our great and amazing God. It's time to start anew. Even if you have loved and served him for years, 
Start new. Refresh. Renew. If you're new to following Jesus, pause and think about a fresh way you can stay close to God. The truth, the way of the disciple is in the way of prayer, presence, gifts, service, and witness. A disciple is a personal follower of Jesus. Personal follower of Jesus. If we follow Jesus in our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness, we are all disciples. There is a lot that goes on here at this place we call home. And it doesn't happen without everyone. Everyone's participation. And I felt really pulled to this as we were looking at this new year. But I'm going to ask you, the choir sang it a minute ago. I'm not going to ask you to sing. I'm going to ask you to join me in the Wesley Covenant Prayer as we start this first day of 2023 anew. You put that on the screens. Pray with me. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O oh wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant with which I have made on earth, let it be made in heaven. Amen. New Covenant United Methodist Church is a place to call home for all of us. And God is calling all of us to follow in the way of being a disciple, a faithful, personal disciple. Amen.